Hello and welcome to FibroFlare, a podcast dedicated to fibromyalgia and helping those with this condition find options, advice, and an open conversation about dealing with our bodies. This podcast is brought to you by Tamara Sack Yoga, a yoga company that is focused on helping those with fibromyalgia and other related conditions find relief through yoga practices that are customized and accessible. I am Tamara Sack, registered yoga teacher and owner of Tamara Sack Yoga. While I am not in any way a medical professional and anything discussed in this podcast should not be considered medical advice, I am very passionate about sharing what I have learned through my yoga training, research, and over 15 years of dealing with fibromyalgia with all of you, and allowing an open conversation about our experiences and our options. Therefore, I encourage you to post your stories, reactions, questions, and thoughts on the Facebook page for this podcast, which can be found by searching at FibroFlare Podcast. That's F-I-B-R-O-F-L-A-I-R-P-O-D-C-A-S-T. You can find more information about my yoga company, classes, and special offerings at TamaraSackYoga.com. Welcome to the second part of a two-part series on one of my most passionate topics related to fibromyalgia. In the last episode, we covered what the spoon theory was, how helpful it really can be, but also how it can have a couple drawbacks. In this episode, I'll cover how I've shifted my thinking on the spoon theory in my own journey with fibromyalgia and my settling on a different metaphorical stance. If you haven't listened to the previous episode, you may need to pause this and play that one first so that you can clearly follow my conclusions and references in this episode. So again, while I greatly value and utilize the spoon theory, I do find that this can sometimes cause a significant problem for me and maybe for some of you. The theory is based on explaining limitations. Now, anyone who has dealt with fibromyalgia or other chronic illnesses will tell you that recognizing, setting, and adhering to limitations is part of a healthy survival strategy, and they're not wrong. I am not the same person that I was before fibromyalgia came into full bloom, and I most likely will not fully return to that state. If I push myself too hard and ignore my limits, I can harm my body, reduce my ability to function for days or even weeks, and can set myself up for a great deal of emotional stress. Healthy limits and boundaries are very important, and they should be incorporated into anyone's journey with chronic illness. The problem comes is when we take limits too far. We can use them as boxes that we trap ourselves in, keeping us from new experiences, new options, and the regular experimentation needed to most effectively work with this condition. For example, at my worst time with fibromyalgia, I was unable to sit or stand for more than five minutes without suffering extreme pain that would steal my breath and leave me sobbing on the floor. In those days, I had the fewest number of starting spoons ever, and I began to accept it. I accepted that this was going to be my life this tiny box of disability, and it was but a shadow of what I wanted to do and who I wanted to be. To say that I was depressed is an understatement, but a very understandable result. When you surrender to limits, yes, you can preserve your current state, 
But that doesn't mean that where you are right now is where you will always be. While the spoon theory does acknowledge that some days will come with more spoons, to me, it felt like all control was out of my hands. I've learned over the years that this is not exactly true. I do not have complete control, but I do have choices and options, tools. Ergo, while I think the spoon theory can help others empathize with our existence, when it comes to my own view of my life with chronic illness, I prefer not to think of the metaphor of spoons, but rather a metaphor of a toolbox. A toolbox is full of useful things, each playing different roles. Some overlap or complement each other. Some are new and shiny and still have that metal and wood smell from the hardware store. Others are so well used and worn that our hands have created custom grooves in the handles. Toolboxes tend to constantly accumulate things, as evidenced by my father's old metal boxes in the garage. Sure, we might clean them out from time to time, but they are indispensable containers of knowledge and ability. They are key to mending what is broken, and for many of us, our bodies certainly feel like they qualify as broken. To help illustrate this, allow me to open my fibromyalgia toolbox and walk you through some of the contents. You'll find some of the tools of medications. I was prescribed a variety of them over the years in different dosages. Some were to help control the symptoms, others were muscle relaxants, and a few were opiates for when over-the-counter painkillers just had no chance of working. These are tools that I don't use much anymore. They did have some usefulness for a time, but my body just doesn't like medications over the long term. I tend to get really weird and sometimes severe side effects. I also very easily develop tolerances, and I can find myself maxing out on dosages and all the benefits disappearing. These tools might be really useful and helpful for other people. Everybody and everybody is different. But for me, the tools and medications tend to be the forgotten ones in the very bottom of the toolbox. Another corner holds tools that involve going as natural and chemical free as I could with all household and personal care products, something that I continue doing today. Then there are the tools of alternative therapies, some of which have proven more helpful than others. This includes massage therapy, acupuncture, cryotherapy, essential oils, and aromatherapy. Quite commonly used are my temperature tools, heating pads, electric blankets, ice packs, and cold showers. During winter, I can add standing outside in the cold, and in summer, I can lay out in the sun, but with sunscreen, of course. Then there's the biggest selection of tools that I have, my yoga tools. I have learned so much through studying and practicing yoga, and that has made the most sustainable and significant change in my levels of pain, my ability to function through the bad days, and my options for dealing with symptoms. Some examples would include specific stretches for muscles that are spasming, breathing techniques that calm down my sympathetic nervous system so that my body can relax, regular movement practices that keep joints and connective tissue from stiffening, and a regular time of quiet where I can deal with stress before it aggravates my condition. I know a lot of people with chronic illness tend to roll their eyes a lot when people automatically pipe up, 
Have you tried yoga? Usually along with other really common and mostly unhelpful comments like, but you don't look sick. And one of my favorites, you didn't act like this yesterday. Most of these are spoken out of good intentions, or at least confusion, and often a healthy dose of ignorance. Goodness knows, the first dozen or so times people suggested yoga to me, I certainly was not receptive. But that had a lot more to do with my mistaken impressions of what yoga was, and the fact that chronic illness-informed yoga is still a very niche practice that isn't widely offered, discussed, or taught to yoga teachers. In this podcast, I want to touch on as many tools in this toolbox of mine as I can, digging deep into some of them so that you can better understand what I do, why I do it, and how you might be able to try it. Again, I'm not a medical professional, and you should absolutely work with your healthcare team when adding new tools with your toolbox. And just as I can't guarantee that any of my tools will work as well for you, you can't guarantee that any of your tools will work as well for me. What I can do is share every bit of hope and knowledge that I have so that you have options, things to research and investigate, avenues to pursue and adventures to take on. Let's not settle for silverware, but instead be more proactive about respecting our limits while also doing what we can to improve them. In our next episode, I'm going to pull out a specific yoga tool from my toolbox and explain how and why I use it and guide you through an exercise that you can choose to try. Until then, take care and thank you for listening.